This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone and welcome back to Every Step Along The Way and welcome to an extra feature we created this season called Extra Time. Extra Time is exactly that. It's an extra episode talking specifically about hot-off-the-press topics such as new signings or major club changes that simply can't wait until the next episode of your weekly podcast. But this isn't just another regular episode. Extra Time comes with a twist. We hear specifically from you, the listener, and get your thoughts on those key topics, which adds even more spice and debate to discussions. Now, in today's episode, we spoke all about new Portuguese signings, Vidigal and Chiquinho, what else we need to bring in now, and exactly how those signings will impact the club. Oh, and let's not forget the release of a beautiful new third strip that was unveiled as well. There was certainly a lot discussed, and we hope you enjoy. Evening, Daniel. Evening, Michael. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. I'm a happy boy, mate. Uh, landing and as soon as I turn the uh, the internet on, uh, get the little messages up from you and just the, the messages from you and Tom saying, what the hell, what a signing. I was like, what the hell have we done now? <laughs> so, yeah, um, <laughs> not, not a bad way to to, well, to arrive in England anyway. Yes, and uh, not not the first Portuguese winger to arrive either. Well, no, we've been busy, haven't we? Uh, you kind of, you know, you wait a while for one you get two but uh yeah it, it's one of them obviously we, we kind of all saw it was confirmed a couple of days ago didn't we uh, and we were kind of waiting for you know a final kind of thumbs up and i think people were starting to get a little bit nervous <laughs> but typical stoked like to to drag it out um it, although it's all kind of been down to I mean, well it says international clearance which obviously has to happen maybe it was just as simple as this was the soonest we could get him into the UK to do all these, you know, big fancy video that they wanted to do as release. And it was no more complicated than that. It was just game in the country. Yeah, I suppose, you know, as, as a club, if we know where we're at with it, if we're comfortable that, yeah, he's all signed and that, it, as, as much as it probably pains us to to, uh, to come to this realisation, what we know as supporters isn't really important, is it, at that point? As long as the club know that he's, uh, like I say, he's, he's all fully set to, to sign and it's all, you know, where the, where the deal is at, if you like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And where, where do you think, oh, someone asked um, a, a couple of DMs, but somebody asked about where do you think he's going to play uh, and, and formation-wise. I mean, obviously, we've got a couple of wingers now. Do you think he's going to go through an out-and-out like wing formation, or do you think he's going to play them as you know inverted strikers and have Tyrese down the middle? Which which way do you think he's going to go? 
I think it's four three three all the way. That's for me. Um, I think that's why he brought Stevens in as well because it wouldn't surprise me to see time and given a chance at left back, but. I think he's got a steady Eddie there in Stevens, or he'll feel there's somebody there in in Stevens who can play that left back. Obviously, right back he's comfortable with, um, you know, with Dyson at uh, at right back, and then like I say, he's got his midfield sorted. Antivelli, he's got Pearson, uh, he's got John, uh, yeah, Daniel Johnson, and also Josh Loren, Louis Baker, Jordan Thompson as sort of backups, and I'm sure he'll be looking to add. At least one more face, I reckon. And then up front now, it, it's amazing, two signings. And wing-wise now, we, we're sort of o- overloading, aren't we? we? We've got, obviously, uh, we've got Campbell, we've got Wright Phillips. Where does he now fit in? What's his sort of future holding now? Um, and then, obviously, we've got the two new lads. You've got Jacob Brown, who spent a lot of time out on the wing last year. Um yeah, for somebody, I said what he does do. We, it was only what it was only about a week, ten days ago. Um, we were possibly saying that Kaylin Redding might be getting in and around the first team squad if he continues <laughs> to push on. That, that that now that door seems to be shut for me. I think, and I think he's probably him. He definitely needs a loan. I don't know whether you can loan Demarjo out again at this stage. I think. He may, he may be past that with Stoke, maybe. Yeah, I th- if if he would have been good enough, he would have made an impression by now. I know he didn't have a good time at, you know, Northampton. Um, maybe the time is, you know, is now to part ways with him. Not just for our sake, but I mean, just for just for the lad's sake as well. You know, he's he needs to springboard his career, and he's he's not going to do it here. I think he's been told quite clearly with these signings that he's not going to be starting, and if he's lucky. If he's very lucky, he'll make the bench. Again, I know we've got a couple of increased subs this year, but you, you know you do wonder whether he's got a, any any space for him on the bench with the amount of you know, midfielders we do actually have. And if we get another one in on loan, which was that Brighton guy, was it Moran? If I remember rightly, yeah, Moran. Um, yeah, because he's playing in that attacking midfield space. That's that's probably the one area you could probably say that we're a bit light on. So if he comes in and on top of all the other names you've mentioned. I don't. I don't think Demarjo is getting anywhere near it. Um, and Tom Cooper, by the way, Dan's just said that I think we need a moment of appreciation for Jared Dublin. I've not seen them play yet, but feeling they're on the club over the year over these signings is the best they've seen in years. It's probably it's no surprise, is it, that Jared Bo- uh, no, sorry, Jared Dublin, um, Jared Bowen, and nearly did it again. Then uh, Jared Dublin uh, has come in, and all of a sudden we've gone to signing you know international players probably more than signing English players at this rate. So. Yeah, in fairness to Dublin, he's he's obviously done some very, very quick work. How much of this was done before he entered the building? Well, based on history, you'd say probably not very much has been done abroad. So I think yeah. you've, got, you've got to give Dublin a shout, haven't you? Yeah, I think for me, you can't. The certain signings, I think near Daniel Johnson and the Stevens, you know, they they sound to me typical Alex Neal-style signings. Um, yeah. And then obviously... Since Dutchard Dublin's like come in officially, we seem to be you know we linked with bloody Galatasaray defenders and Maritimo wingers and yeah. so it's it's all sort of uh, it's it's new new ground for us, isn't it? In a lot of sense, it's a long time since we've had these players coming in from abroad, and I think when we were in the Premier League and signing players from abroad, 
a lot of times the we you know fans had maybe seen bits of them because they were you know playing at high profile clubs. Um, you think that you know aren't people like uh, Shakiri or Naltovic and that they'd been around the block at some decent clubs and they and you know people oh yeah I've seen him play before. Whereas for me, I'll be honest. I've never seen this other than what you can see on YouTube, and I've never sat down and watched this guy game, play a game of football, and that excites me, that intrigues me. He might, he, he might, might not be that good when he gets here, but not knowing, that's the excitement, that's the interesting part. I was going to say, how many times do we know about players and they get slated before they've even kicked a ball or even Christ pulled on the shirt? Uh, we've said that a thousand times, and it very often means absolutely nothing. I've said before, you know, this is a new team, new formation, new players, different players complement other players that, you know, all of a sudden was crap at one club and good at another. Now, we've seen the amount of players sometimes who left us. I mean, Christ, Eric Peters left Stoke, who apparently was no good for us, and he goes and plays in the Premier League. Phil Bardsley, another one. Yeah, they weren't worldies, but they were good enough to play in the Premier League. So sometimes it's about the players you've got around you as well. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see how how that pans out. And there's a the number of comments coming in here, Dan. Um, we've got uh, Connor Foster says that Josh Anoma is training with the first team, so hopefully that'll be another free addition. I, d- I did see that again in, in the rook of comments. Do you know much about him? Obviously, I know the name and I've seen bits, but do you know an awful lot about him? Uh, yeah, he's he's very he was very good at Preston, and obviously. He was very good working with Daniel Johnson and they sort of bounced off each other quite a lot at Preston. Um, I think he can play quite forward as like a 10, you know, off, off a striker and that and quite creative. But he's also can play more of an eight, sort of like how Josh Loren does, sort of plenty of energy and that getting about. He's a very good player, to be honest, at championship level. And he would certainly improve our midfield if we get him in. And our midfield all of a sudden could be Ben Pearson, Daniel Johnson and Josh Onomar basically just parachuting in Alex Neal's Preston midfield. Um, so, yeah, but obviously they'll they'll all know each other. Right? They'll know how to, you know, how to play with each other. Um, I don't know how much Onomar and Pearson would have maybe interacted, but Johnson obviously would have interacted with a pair of them, definitely, um, quite you know, for quite a number of years. Um. Yeah, I, I, if he's available, I said I wonder whether is is there something like has he got an injury, a long-standing injury, or something, or is there sort of fitness concerns, and maybe Stoker having him in for training just to run the rule over him for a few days, and that, and then if everything's okay, get the medics to have a good look at him. If everything's okay, they might offer him a deal. Um, but yeah, to me, he's a he's a cracking player at this level, and and one that would certainly give us another body in midfield and, and add a bit of depth and competition to the to the midfield. Again, it's, it's an extra couple of numbers. We know it's got, it's a squad game, isn't it? We talked about that so much. It's it's so much more than just the first eleven that, that go on the pitch. And now we have got a bit more space on the bench, gives us more options as well. So, uh, I mean, a number of people as well, Dan, to get your thoughts on this one. So, Kieran's mentioned it. In fact, I mean, Kevin's mentioned it. Tom's mentioned it. There's loads, and I'm sure there's more that I haven't seen yet. But basically, saying that all we need now is a right back. Um, to probably well the, the chat from Colchester as well. I know we've got um, Henry, but uh, as we know, 
know, Edwards doesn't seem up to it. Uh, there's a number of couple others that really aren't up to scratch just yet. So, um, you know, saying right back with uh, is, is another key area. Uh, you can't really disagree with that. And, and Kevin also says that striker, keeper and a centre-back or two is also needed. Not asking for much. Um, yeah, well, it seems we've still got some more money in the pot. So maybe all of the above? Maybe. I mean... Uh... Maybe it's t- time to bring in some. We've got some some patiently uh, waiting callers, if you like. <laughs> um, so I'll bring in Elliot. So Elliot Yates. Yeah, yeah. Elliot. Um, so obviously, you just said there that there's a few you know, positions that people still need strengthening. Where would you? Where's the key one for you? If you could have one more signing, who would it be? It's got to be that. It's got to be that striker. It's got to be. I think from seeing. I am basing it off YouTube clips and I did make the mistake with that with Breck Shea, but um, with Vidigal, um, he seems to know how to cross a ball as does Truquinho. And I think we need that target man who's going to get onto those crosses. Ty- Tyrese has not got a bad cross as well on that left side. So I feel like those crosses coming into the box and Jacob Brown being on the end of them is has proved not to be as effective. So I feel like a target man... And it's the same position that we've needed for the last sort of twenty years as that twenty goal a season striker, but it has to it has to happen. I feel like that's the one position we're really sort of missing. And then a centre back as well to maybe just go alongside Wilmot because I like I don't mind Rose, but maybe more as like a backup um centre half. So I'd say those two are the probably the main positions we need to go for, but striker probably the most important. Yeah, there's a few names being banded about today as well, isn't there up front? Yeah, I think I saw Sam Gallagher, but I wouldn't be too keen on him. Yeah, and then some very interesting ones later. I think there was, it seemed to be a bit of a dud Twitter account sort of linked us with um, the uh, the guy from Rangers, oh, Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> Is this the um, the quote in the nose? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so apparently somebody, but then if you look back through previous sort of things he put forward and they were very, very ropey. There was some stories going to Olympiacos or something like that. Um, they were really, really strange ones. So, so I think we can maybe take out with a pinch of salt. Um, but there does seem to be growing rumours, and I think this has come through the press as well, uh, about us maybe he's trying to get a deal for Cameron Archer from Villa. I mean, I don't see why he'd go to Stoke because I think he, that's probably the worst option he's probably got on the table out of all the clubs that will probably be in for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to somewhere like Luton on on loan. I thought that might be a good move for him, but I don't think I think he could tempt a Premier League club out of him. I don't think he'd go to Stoke, but if we do get him, brilliant. But like I said, it's not really a surprise if we don't. I feel like we need more that kind of target man profile because of all those crosses coming into the box, we need someone to get on the end of them. Yeah, I mean, I think he's Kiefer Moore's sort of signing for Cardiff. That's been confirmed tonight as well, hasn't it? So he's one we can cross off the list. Mm. Um, oh, so there's, there's a few, they're not as many as there used to be, as to these sort of, these sort of big hold-up target men anymore. No, there's not. We're in a sort of difficult market, but I'm confident in... Jared Dublin, I feel like Stoke have needed data recruitment for years now and we seem to have finally been doing little bits of that, of what the Brentfords and the Brightons have been doing and built their their success off that. We seem to be doing that a lot more and he said that in his first interview, which is where the likes of Vidigal comes in. Probably 
more so with Chukwinyo as well. Tushamedu, I think that's how you pronounce his name, from Colchester. I think they all seem to be off that kind of data recruitment style. And Stoke are doing that. So I think there could be a chance. I'm more confident in the recruitment team now than I've ever been, probably since 2016. And I think there's a chance that we could sort of look and see where there's someone who no one's really picking up to be in there. Maybe another Portuguese lad. <laughs> you never know. We seem to be having a Portuguese revolution here. Wolves 2.0. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, it kind of reminds me of that time we brought in a load of Barcelona players a little bit. We seem to be almost buying all of Portugal, really. <laughs> I'm sure Jared will find us a, a Colombian target man or something, won't he? Yeah, he's, he's stuck football manager database on that guy. <laughs> so, um, quite confident in him. But, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's quite weird. I, I was saying, I was saying to my dad actually last night that we were going to go to Portugal on holiday. And after the fact, we've got Portugal coming to us now with um, all these signers going to us. It's great. I think what you find as well, uh, as well. I mean, obviously the fact that Jared, obviously Jared's come in, um, and I was thinking, oh, he's not been here for very long, but obviously he's done tons and tons of scouting at his previous club he's going to know a long list of players that he has scouted for months or years or whatever it may be and all he's going to do is come to Stoke and say I've already found these types of players uh, for Reading we couldn't afford them so um, do you want do you want to look at them and he's going to go yeah okay we got the money go for it so I was thinking that he hasn't had much time to do it but he's not coming in fresh having to completely start from scratch he's already got that knowledge hasn't he Oh yeah, definitely, and I think that's where the foreign market. I think we've come in at in at it at the perfect time with these new rules for foreign players. With um, I think you can sign five with no sort of work permit guaranteed anymore, which is probably what we've done for Vidigal and well, definitely Vidigal and maybe Chukwinyo as well. And yeah, like I said, perfect time to do it. And also, he's just you see you t- people talk, but you get the feeling that you can believe this guy when he talks. I think when Nathan Jones was here, I sort of wasn't believing much he was saying about, oh yeah, well, I know how to get into the Premier League. I was like, your best achievement's going from League Two to League One. Whereas he's basically saying, I know how to do this. And we're like, okay, well, I trust you because you've done that with Sheffield United. The same with Alex Neal, really. It's why I trust him a lot more than the previous managers because he's backed up doing it at Preston and doing it at Norwich. So he's one of those where what he says is generally what you believe. And it's happened as well. He said we're going to bring in signings and bring in a lot of signings over the coming weeks, and we've brought in seven. And it wouldn't be spe- it wouldn't surprise me if we were to bring in six this week, including Vidigal. Yeah, I think. Hopefully, oh, sorry, Dan. I was just going to say with Neil as well, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. So, you, like with I think with managers previously, sometimes they have tried to keep people happy by not maybe saying how they really feel. Whereas with Neil, there is no holding back. As you saw with his comments after the the Derby defeat on Saturday, if if he thinks it, he says it. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like I mean I was there at the game doing it, and he what really struck me was he it was kind of the same manager stuff of oh yeah, well it's always a, it's a friendly and all this. And I feel like the previous managers would have just gone off that and say no, it's only a friendly, we're not too concerned. But I think the the line that he said was I was really disappointed in how some of the players didn't take their opportunity today. And for me, that was a sort of going, looking at the squad and going, well, you're getting sold. You're going to get loaned out. You're on your final chance. And a lot of managers haven't done that in the past. We need that ruthless edge to us, which we seem to have got now with, I mean, I feel bad for Matthias Sarkic, but if we, we were ruthless with him to basically say, look, there's probably a better goalkeeper out there in Travers and we're going to go for him. 
yeah, yeah, I think, and that that's it. We need. He's gone. He's got such a tight budget, hasn't he? Now that he needs to basically just put, be clear and focused on what they want, and if there's a better option there, just go for it. You you can't, um, like say, be oh well, you know, we've we've got this guy long enough. We we've strung him along to get to medical stage or whatever, so we've got to go through with it. It's it's like no, if if like say either way, how far through the deal. If somebody better comes available, sorry mate, on your bike, we we're going over this guy now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the cheers, thank you for joining us there, Elliot. Mate, thanks for. Uh, for no, you're that. welcome, lads. Pleasure. Cheers, thank you. Um, JTB, I know uh, you were uh, been racing very patiently there, and also you were last time as well, weren't you, mate? You were racing, we didn't quite get round to you. Um, what are your thoughts on these uh, new Portuguese exciting wingers we've got? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a breath of fresh air, really. You've got to look at it. I think, especially when we first came down to the championship, we were very, I don't think we were savvy enough in our market. We just realised that we had 40-odd million to spend, who was available, who's done it in the championship and gone up to the Prem and not worked out for them, who can we bring in? And I think that's one of the main things that this um, Jared Dublin's come in. He's looked at it and rather than going, right, who's done it? Who can we actually fit in, bring in that's, that could do it? And who's got that commitment to prove themselves? And I think apart from obviously Stevens, who's obviously on the, the opposite end of this age scale, we're bringing in these players that even if they're only on loan, you look at Hoover, um, Chiquinho and... Yeah, they might be only on loans, but they've got a point to prove, not just to their parents' clubs, but to themselves to justify the reason for playing in the Premier League. And short-term, it helps us, and in the long-term, it helps their career. And obviously, bringing the likes of... Um, I can't pronounce his name, Vidal, um, I'm going to go with... Um, he's... He's one of those players that, like like everyone said, we've not seen him play. No one can say that they've been to uh, Maritimo, whoever he played for <laughs> before, has been to that sort of um, been to that match and seen him play. But it's those sort of young, up and coming players that have played sort of under twenty one for Portugal, who've won leagues in different countries, who yeah might have obviously been relegated the season before, but. These are players that have got a point to prove, and to come to Stoke, they mo- they know our history. They would have been told the history. They know Alex Neil. They would have had sat down and spoke to Alex Neil and about what he expects from them. And for for these sort of players to come in, it really does open our eyes of how how different we are as a club, just by having the likes of Alex Neil coming to the club, Ricky Martin, um, Jared Dublin. They've set that sort of stepping stone for them to develop and I think a lot of people see the fact that before the season ended that we were going to have 10 or 13 million to spend and everyone's gone right okay well who can we bring in Who? where can we spend all this money and the, I think the best thing about Dublin coming in is made us realise that we don't need to spend 13 million to be competitive in signing these exciting players they're out there and using the um the sort of re- uh, recruitment team and obviously the technology that we've got now, we can buy players at 500,000 and they could turn into really, really good promising players and to come and play for Stoke and get the fans out of the seats and 
one of the the main things for us that's let us down over the years is that our fan base has dropped dramatically in terms of atmosphere at the game. That before, when obviously we're in the Premier League, hugely the the way that we won games were by the odd one or two goals, and that was from the the noise that the crowd makes. They were getting behind the players and getting their foots in the tackles and bringing the likes of Ben Pearson in. It's just it's just key to sort of getting the fans off their feet bringing these young attacking Portuguese players in that I mean I don't think I've seen a step over by a single football um, single Stoke player for about three or four years apart from um, Tyrese but everyone else seems to be sort of running around like headless chickens Um, whereas these players are going to come in they're going to be exciting they're going to be challenging they're going to show off their talent that they've learned over the years and I think we're going to see a completely different team to last season completely and that's even the same with bringing in Stevens and Johnson they're the sort of older more mature players that will help the younger players Eden Steens I hope to God he brings some sort of development in for for Tymon because I think going forward Tymon's probably one of our better players but I think defensively that's that's his sort of let down at the moment so to bring someone in like Stevens that will keep him on his toes and challenge him for his position um, I think he will also um, definitely help him and I think that'll be the same with Johnson and um, obviously Lauren is 28, 29 now so he'll be looking at sort of helping the players and I know someone mentioned about likes of DiMaggio and sort of Reading and players like that and I, don't get me wrong, I liked DiMaggio, I thought when um, Martineau was in that he, he showed some promising signs but I think he still needs maybe a loan or two out. I don't think we should give up on him just yet. I think he's at the right age to have like a loan club to League One. And I think, again, I say Chiquinho and players like that are only coming on loan. If we can develop them players by bringing in shorter-term players in, they could hugely help our younger players by not having the pressure on of what you've got now or six months to prove yourself or you're gone. And I think that's the main thing about having this squad depth is that it will help our younger players to sort of develop themselves to eventually be the players that we've seen what their potential can be. So I'm fingers crossed, but I've not had a season ticket for about two years now. And (laughs) after today, I think I might have to reconsider that and get down to the uh, ticket office tomorrow because it's definitely going to be an exciting season, even if we don't get top six or anything above I think we're we're bringing in the players that eventually will be one of the most exciting teams in the league yeah I think what it is as well the, the, the players we're bringing in they've either not quite been there yet so they've got they've, they're trying to you know to get promotion to the Premier League to become Premier League players to to you know, for whatever whatever reason they want to get there, whether it's money or or just career achievements or what you know, whatever motivates them, a lot of them have still yet to do that, haven't they? So they've got that point to prove. And then someone like Andrew Stevens, who's mate, he's been up there, he's come down and he's trying to prove that he's still got it as well. So I think as a squad, for the first time in a long time. He, he mentioned at the beginning about that when we first got relegated and we spent a load of money trying to buy ready what we thought were ready-made players to go up. What we what we actually brought were players who were comfortable at the level they were at, 
and I think that's that was our undoing really. Well, there was no motivation in that squad at all, was there, to, to to improve or go up? No, definitely. I mean, I, the likes of Tom Ince, Vokes, um, even at like the definitely. sort of like Tebo and players like that. It, they, they've already done it, and they've they've gotten up. Like say, uh, Tom Ince nearly did it with obviously Derby, but then moved to Huddersfield when they got promoted. So he thought, oh well, I've made it as a Premier League player now. Then he never really broke into the team. Thought that obviously coming towards that he'd just walk into the squad. And at the same time, I still I still feel a little bit sorry for Tom Ince because he spent a good few years playing out of position under Jones, and um, it didn't help him. And then obviously injuries and things like that come into court um, into play but when we went down like, like I mentioned we spent all this morning we were giving players stupid wages I think Tom Ince was on double what he was at Huddersfield when he when he came to us and we we want players that want to come to Stoke we want players to come and actually put on the shirt and be proud to wear the, the, the shirt and play for the fans and play for the club and get the club as successful as possible, possible. and the way we've done it previously and whether that was under Tony Scholes or whether that was the previous manager's decisions, we've just bought these players and gone, here's more money, here's guarantees that if we get promoted, you get this. And they've just gone, oh, it's a payday for me. And I call them prima donnas because that's all they're bothered about. Whereas, like like we've mentioned, these lads that are coming over from abroad or coming on loan from Wolves, obviously they, they won't be on mega money of what they are. And they'll again they'll have a point to prove not just to um themselves, but they'll want to prove to us. They want to prove to like um their parent clubs and hopefully that they do enough for us then the the parent clubs actually go, Well no, we still don't want him and we can take him off the hands for next no money. But I'm adamant that we'll still bring in another four or five different players and I don't think we'll touch hardly any of our budget if I'm honest I don't think we'll spend the full amount that um, that we've been said that we've got and I don't think we need to and I think like I say you put a pay I think we've obviously been linked with Sam Gallagher and don't get me wrong he's a bang average player but like I say you, if if previous managers like Jones Rower and play, um, other managers like that wanted them and had the funds to do it they'd just go Yo, well, here's 5 million because they were reluctant to not go for him and I think now Neil's come in and like the Sarkis situation we've gone yes this is what um, we want you and we want you to come and play for us but this is what we're willing to do and this is what we're willing to give and if that's not good enough we'll find somebody else whether that's in this window or the next window we need um, we need to realise that we want to bring in players that want to play for the club not pay for pay for um, not play for their pay paycheck and that's the that's the big thing um, for us now we need players that like in the Tony Pulisic era that want to come in and want to play for Stoke and have no interest anywhere else and like I say the players that we've been linked with at the moment Cameron Archer for example on loan last season at Middlesbrough absolutely unreal and if we can get those sort of mindsets into those players and bring them in I say I know we've got Leicester and Southampton that coming down, but look what happened when we come down. We thought we were going to walk the league, and we got spanked the first game of the season by Leeds. So it's it could happen to them. So I'm I'm confident this season. I genuinely, am. I've not said it at any point up until now. I think we I think we'll hit top six. Genuinely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, uh, let's let's certainly hope so, mate. But no, I appreciate you made a lot of really good comments there, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, I appreciate you, you joining us, mate. Dave, uh, you've been waiting a little bit of time. We've, I mean, I get, I'll give you your thoughts on the... Um, the signings as well but I also wanted to get your thoughts I mean you know JTB mentioned about what we've done a lot right off the pitch um, one of the things we did off the pitch was announce a third strip as well today uh, which I think has gone down pretty well would you Would you not say? Hello lads cheers for having me back on um, yeah I, I, I think I, I put a tweet out earlier saying come, come the end of the season I know that their deal's running out with us but I don't think since they've become our kit sponsor, Macron have made a single bad kit for us. You know, you, you look back on, on the... I think I think they've been with us five years now. There's not been a single kit they've made where anybody's turned their nose up at it and it's always sold and it's it's always done well. And if if we move on to a different kit manufacturer next year, I think uh, I think people are going to... They'll look back on the, the kits that they made for us and... You know, it'll be a sad day when they're not making the kits that they are because they, they just go down a storm every time. And the the end of that Vidigal uh, video, I don't think anybody expected to see a third kit. But you know, it it, it it's just that every time it's a thing of beauty that they release. And you you know, it's it, it's nice that they're they're still putting the effort in to the club. And yeah, it's it, it is brilliant to see what they're doing, and it, you know it's it's nice for the fans to have a bit of pride when, you know, they go into the club shop and they pick something up for the club that they love. They're they're not ashamed to to wear it out in public because we've seen some stinkers of of kit releases in the championship this <laughs> season, and none of ours have been have been bad. Yeah, you know, absolutely, mate. When, when I was told it was going to be yellow uh, the other week, I was like, oh, for God's sake, really? Yellow? Are we going to go back to whatever year it was? Was it 2008? Um, and I, I was like, oh, no, is it going to be that? But I, I really like the, the blue, you know, not piping, but you know what I mean, the, the blue shoulders and, and all that. It's it's really nice. I, th- I thought the training kit's better than the away kit this year. Um, I think it is a lot of seasons. I, I think I'd prefer to have this third kit over the away kit, but I think the away one probably uh, splits the fans a little bit more, uh, I think. You either love it or you hate it, don't you, really? But I want to get your thoughts as well, Dave. Formation-wise, then, Dan was saying earlier on 4-3-3. Do you think that's realistically where we're going to go now with these wingers slash inverted forwards well I, th- I think as for as for as far as i can remember now especially since shakiri left to go to liverpool after we've been relegated i can't actually think of a time until sort of dimaggio was on the fringes that we've actually had any pace whatsoever in the side you know i, th- I think with with the signings of of Chiquinho and vidigal 
the we, we've we've actually brought wingers in that we've we we haven't had anybody to get the fans off their seats during a game since since Shakiri had left, and realistically, we we are going to play with wingers this season, and I can't see us playing with with wing backs as well. I, I think you know the the back line this season is going to be pretty rigid in in the fact that we'll have. You know the traditional two centre halves, a right back and a left back. Um, I don't know how he's going to set the midfield up. Whether he's going to play Pearson as the as the defensive man, and then Laurent and Johnson to to be almost like your box to box midfielders, or whether he's going to have Pearson and Johnson to be you know just to sort of sit in the middle of the park, get forward, get back, and then have Josh Laurent to play just behind the striker. We, we, we don't know until that first game of the season, but I think what is certain is we'll have we'll have two exciting wingers being able to put a ball into the box and we'll have we'll have more than likely have Tyrese up front this season and hopefully it's the season that he gets the service and he starts being able to to make that run in behind and if a ball comes in off the wing it's gonna be it's gonna be something that gets right onto his toe, and he's he's picking the the simple goals up that that he's needed to be doing for a long long time. Yeah, I, th- I think we can get away with Tyrese for a couple of games to start us off with the season. I think, as you said, I think we've got the creativity elsewhere. My main concern right now is in goal, and I think I've seen loads of comments. We've had about forty odd comments come through, but a good chunk of them when they talk about new players, mate, is a goalkeeper, uh, and at least. I'd say we need two centre-backs, realistically. I think Ben Wilmot will be a focal point. Clearly, Alex Neal loves Ben Wilmot. I like Ben Wilmot. I think he's a a really good player. And he's only really young as well. He's going to get better. So I I know that we, um, according to the the media reports and stuff, apparently we've been speaking to multiple defenders. It's not going to be a big shock. It's not not exactly a stretch, is it, that? Um, But goalkeeping-wise... Does anyone else come to mind other than the guy at Bournemouth to you? Because I'm not really seeing many, you know, available or class goalkeepers out there that seem to be available right now. I, th- I think that I think the goalkeeper position is quite a. It, it's quite a difficult. It's it's a difficult role to fill. You know, in 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 the league, there's that. In, especially in the championship, there are some very good goalkeepers that spring to mind. The the lad from Rotherham last season, um, I mean, especially in the home game that that we lost, he was he was absolutely superb, and he was superb throughout the whole season for for Rotherham. You know, he was the the reason that they didn't they didn't end up being stuck in such a dire position. Um, you know, I, I, I was kind of gutted to see the the Sarkic deal fall through because, you know, he, he was he was unlucky for for us. He, he looked decent when he come in, and and to get the injury that he did, it, it was a shame. And then seeing the deal fall through, you instant. Well, I, I say fall through. It was um, it seemed a little bit suspect, and it made me think straight away that we we've definitely got somebody else in the pipeline. Um. I, th- I think Travers from from Bournemouth would be a, he, he'd be a brilliant brilliant addition to the squad. I mean, the season that Bournemouth went up, he won he won the Golden Glove in the in the league, and some of the performances he was pulling out were 
was second to none. He was he was making save. He, he he reminded me a lot of Jack Butland when when he had his sort of breakthrough season for us. He was making saves that you'd never expect a, a keeper of the, the the tender age that he was to to be making. You know, he, he played with. He played with maturity way beyond his years, and it was it. He was unlucky to see himself sort of get pushed out the picture at Bournemouth. But I think if we could get him in, that'd be a, a fantastic signing. Um, the the Rotherham keeper, I, I'd have been happy if we'd have got somebody like him in. But it'd be hard to. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if he's moved on anywhere else or if he's still there. But they, they wouldn't want to lose somebody like him. Um, but I mean, there's a there's a couple of sort of fringe goalkeepers in 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 the Premier League. I mean, I mean, one that I would have liked to have seen, especially last season, was that Zach Steffen from from Man City. You know, he's a he's a very sensible goalkeeper. Um, he obviously did well for Borough when he went to Borough. Um, but yeah, you, you know, it's when you're looking at signings during the summer or the winter there's not many people that that all do their sort of background research and I'm definitely not one of those people that will look at goalkeepers and you know try and make the suggestions of oh this would be a, a good one this would be a good one you know not many people do tend to do that but given given the recruitment that Dublin's made so far I'm I'm almost certain that he's that he's got at least two lined up that if the Travers deal doesn't go through, then he'll have he'll have at least two or three lined up for us. What about Iverson? Because we obviously wanted Iverson before we wanted Sarkic, and Iverson in theory should be available. That's that's what I expected as soon as Sarkic was done. Well, okay, Iverson it is then. I'm really surprised he's not been linked with us since. Well, to, to be fair, I haven't actually heard. I haven't actually heard anything about the Iverson thing. I know that we'd looked. I'm pretty sure we'd looked at him in the in the winter transfer window. Yeah. And and when I looked at him, I thought, you know, he, he would be he would be a decent signing. You know, you, you you've got to be a decent goalkeeper to to either start a game in the Premier League or or be on the bench in a Premier League squad. You know, you you can't you can't be in that position being bang average. Um. You know, Iverson. I, th- I think he would be. I think he would be a decent goalkeeper at Championship level um, for certain. But you know, I've, I've, I have been guilty. You know, since since he's took the number one spot over Bursic, I have been guilty of giving Jack Bonham is is. I'd, I'd like to say it's a fair share of stick. You know, it, there has been times like, like Cardiff away when he saved the penalty. You know, he became a bit of a cult hero for a weekend until he made another little error, and then he was public enemy number one. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset to have Jack Bonham as as number two this season because when he is when he is switched on and he is being sensible, he's a very very good shot stopper. I, I wouldn't trust him to be number one for for the remainder of the season, but. I think uh, I think having Bonham as, as your number two isn't isn't the worst thing in the world. But yeah, I, th- I think we have got a few goalkeeping targets lined up, and you know, Iverson would be Iverson. I don't think anyone would turn their nose up at Sarkic. I think, like I say, a lot of us were a bit confused that it didn't go through. Travers would be good. Uh, the the lad from from Rotherham again, he'd, he'd have been good. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we've got I think we've got a few a few decent targets lined up. But it, it is absolutely somewhere that needs 
that 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 needs filling in for this season. Um, otherwise, I think there's going to be a lot of panicky Stoke fans every Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right, mate. We'll we'll certainly see how it goes, but no doubt we'll have a few uh, irons in the fire. I mean, Dan. Um, We've had a number of comments um, again, but one name we talked about goalkeepers in defence, uh, Twan Zibi, one that seems to have vanished. Um, not got a club yet, I don't think. No, I haven't seen that he's got anywhere. Um, just just for Dave's purpose, it's Victor Johansson as the uh, Rotherham goalkeeper. That's the one. I couldn't, I couldn't remember his name, but... You know, yeah, and he, he's, he's only only twenty four as well, and he's still at yeah. Rotherham. So. Well, well, the name didn't stick in my head, but I, I think obviously the performances that that he put in last season, I, I don't think you know anybody can discredit the 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 level of maturity again that he's got as a as a young goalkeeper. So he, he'd definitely be one that that I'd be looking at getting in, and but I'm I'm sure any Championship club that could afford to get him in would be looking at trying to get him in. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you mentioned, Mike, with with Twanzibi, though he's yeah he's a uh, he's obviously ended the season injured, didn't he? And he's not got himself fixed up with a club yet. I, mean, so I was going to say what what we said about Twanzibi the other week, though, mate, is he's not going to come cheap. And you know, I think it was JTB or it was Dave mentioned about you know not we're not needing to spend all our money, but I think we need to keep our powder dry or let's say damp at this point um, because. If we can keep ourselves within touching distance come January, we're probably going to want a bit more money to have a final, you know, gung ho. If we if we think we're in touching uh, distance in playoffs, so we can't really afford to spend all now in the summer in case it doesn't quite come off, can we? Well, let's be honest. This is Stoke, so by January we will be requiring players to fill the roles of the three or four first teamers who are out for the season. <laughs> yeah, mind, mind you, Nick Powell's not here now anymore, Dan. <laughs> well, no, um, but yeah, there's always one. It's a curse to, to start the season well for Stoke, and it's ask uh, Harry Suter and Tyrese Campbell. Yeah, well, I'm sure they'll be back. Tyrese has looked as good as he's ever looked, to be honest with you. Now. Um, so Jake says he hopes that we don't pay five million for Gallagher. Blackburn are trying to rob people. He's on a massive contract as well, though, isn't he? They, they gave him a, a yeah. massive contract a couple of years ago, so he ain't going to come cheap wages-wise either. No, and, and loads of people are asking us what we think on Cameron Archer. I know we mentioned it briefly, but um, I think I agree with what Elliot said. I think Cameron Archer's probably a bit too far for us right now. Um, is there is is there something we don't know about that could attract him over other clubs? I mean, if you yeah, we all want to say we're you know we're a better choice, but. If you look at it objectively, maybe we're not. Um, but yeah, Christ, I think we'd all take him, let's be honest. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is we've we've been linked with a permanent deal for everyone. Naturally, you think, oh, well, it's a loan deal for Villa to get him out and get him more experience. But what we've sort of been linked with is a permanent deal. So maybe that does change it slightly. Maybe there are... You know, teams like Luton were aren't prepared to stick ten million down for him, um, or even maybe isn't prepared to commit to those you know club like that for long term. And if we are sort of because we haven't spent a great deal this summer, have we on on actual fees? I mean, obviously we have signed on fees and wages and that, but if we can spare you know save a lot of the budget for a Cameron Archer, I'd be all for that, but. I'm not sure nine million gets him, to be honest. But 
do you do we really want to put all our eggs in one basket? I know we know how good Cameron Archer can be. We're great at destroying strikers. Um, it, is is it really a good idea to put everything on one man? Again, he gets injured. We're left with nothing. That, the only thing is, yeah, the only thing sort of we you've got with that is he's that young, and he's got that much sort of noise around him that should he not work out, there is the opportunity in, say, two years' time, somebody will take him off off your hands for probably half the fee that we've paid, so you wouldn't be losing the entire money. Where I think we've come unstuck in the recent past is we spent £60 million on players who were all approaching the late 20s, all on massive money, so nobody would then take them off our hands because they, they wouldn't pay him the wages that we were paying them. So we would never be able to, you know, so we couldn't sell them in that instance. And then they also, because of financial fair play and the division of the, of the fee over the contract length, we never could get a fee worthy of us selling them. It would actually make our FFP position worse to have sold some of them players. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When you've got t- Tom Ince, t- you know, a four-year deal, 10 million quid, uh, two years in, we couldn't get the five million left for him. So there was, we we could never get rid of them, and like I say, they were all late twenties, were they twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty when we signed them, and and so what we want is you want players like we're signing now, early twenties, hungry players, and like I say, the guy we, the guy we signed from Maritimo here, we've got for four hundred and fifty grand, not even that. If we sign ten of them for half a million quid, and then one of them goes for what five million quid, you've made your money back. And I think that's that's the key in it is is signing players where you, and that's that's the the way you can build a club, and and use you know c- use the FFP in in a correct way, and rather obviously than the way that we did, it's where we just hit the limit straight up and we're like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's definitely plenty of things going on behind the scenes, mate. Are you quite confident we're going to sign some more people this week? I'd be surprised if we don't. Yeah, I think we need. I think we need, I think we've touched on it. Haven't we? we need a striker and a goalkeeper. Um, I'd like to see the lad from Colchester come in. I think that would nicely sort of close off that position um, from an incoming's point of view. And I think I think for, for Neil, if we're time we get to the Everton game at the weekend, if he can have nine or nine, possibly ten of his first team ready for Rotherham that he wants to send out. I think he'll be happy with that. If he looks at that team and says, yeah, I'm, I've got nine in my first team here. I just want a couple more signings. I think he'll be happy with that a week before the season starts. And the more we get yeah. in this next week, then the week after, and obviously the rest of the window, then we can concentrate on getting some players out because we haven't been able to... The players that were left, we've had to keep them all in the building, haven't we? Because we'd literally had no... We didn't have a team, let alone a squad. Um... Whereas now, we can sort of, sort of start looking to get some of these young players out on loan. Some are getting some of these players who he might not want. Might I don't know if maybe a Dwight Gale. People talking about Lewis Baker moving on. His injury will probably scupper that this window anyway. Even if these did want to move him, I don't know if they do or not. Um, so there's there's plenty of players. Connor Taylor's there's interest in him. They can't let any of these players go until they get people in. So, the more quicker we do that, quicker then we can start, like say, getting rid of some of this sort of. I don't, I don't want to call it dead work because I think that's probably disrespectful to the players we've got left. Um, but 
yeah, the players who he doesn't maybe see in his plans either in the short or long term. Yeah, well, someone's just said that. Rumours say that Iverson's available, but they want five million. I must admit, I wouldn't be too averse to spending that type of money on a goalkeeper. I think it. I've said a few times, it is absolutely crucial that position. We need someone who's inspired confidence in the defence um, and also obviously keep the ball at the net as well. So if we have to spend money, it needs to be on a strike force and a goalkeeper and then we can fill in the gaps for me elsewhere. Um, but if there is anyone else who, who does want to have a say, well, I'm going to stay on for probably maximum 10 minutes more. So if anybody just does want to say, just uh, request at the bottom anyway. Um so I've looked through, we've had about 30-odd different comments here, Dan, so we've got an absolute ton of different ones coming in. Um, let's have a quick look. Twanzibi's been mentioned again. Um, Cameron Archer, another one, could be phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyone's better than Jordan Thompson. <laughs> That's another one. Um, it's very, very harsh. He's not He's not great, but yeah, it's very, very harsh. Um, uh, South Timon and Brown, they won't progress us any further than they took us. Uh, is, says Harley. Is, is it harsh that um, when Dave mentioned earlier on that Bonham was number two, I thought that was quite apt? Well, well I think there's been a bit, of, a bit of high stock that I think should be number three or four. Mind you, no. What would Frankie Fielding do, mate, if uh, if Bonham was demoted again? It, 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 to go. it wasn't more him position number two as in him being <laughs> a number two. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, he's again. He's, I always, I always look back to Bonham and think he was a Gillingham reject, even they didn't want him. So why was he ever good enough for us? That will always stick in my mind. Um, but yeah, yeah Harley, I, think I think he was just he was maybe brought in just uh, as a, literally as as a backup, somebody who's got a bit of a, a little bit of experience at league level um, to have around the place, and he got promoted above his station, maybe. <laughs> Well, it shows how much we were struggling from a financial standpoint, doesn't it, really? Um, but Harley mentioned about Timon and Brown. Uh, inter- interesting. I think Timon's definitely got a future. Jacob Brown might find it hard to, to make it on the pitch this season. Well, you know, he's a man who's got a bit of value still, probably, if he did want to bring some money in. You know, if if you're looking at the coffers and thinking we could do with topping this up because we've got a couple of players who still want to bring in. The interesting thing with both of them you've just mentioned there, I would I would personally would definitely like to see time today. I think he's, for me he should have a future here, but but neither of them really had a great season last year. And you look at say Neil's comments at the weekend and that, and if he's if he's gone out with them and said, you know what, you've not really impressed me in the past eight months, the last eight months, of last season when I was here. You need to go out and show me now. You've had a break over the summer. You've come back. You've had a chance to get fit. You need to go out and show me. And then they go and produce performances that he's thinking, well, you're still do- you're doing the exact same things as you did to me last year. Any final thoughts? I know we've been on for this for about an hour now. We don't really like to go too much further than that. But um, anything else you want to touch on? What, what was your thoughts on the third strip, Dan? Are you quite happy with that one? Are you going to be buying that or...? I like it. I like it. It's, it's another homage to a previous away strip, isn't it? Um, in obviously the first season that we were in the Premier League. I know obviously last year's uh, two two change trips were uh, for the seventies and the promotion season. Oh, sorry, Dan. Someone's just said um, this is the second or third time, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to ignore you. Uh, what's happening with Bayram? As well, so you can answer. You can finish off what you said and then answer the Bayram question. <laughs> yeah, I do like the strip. I probably won't be buying it, um, 
but yes, it is, it is pretty nice. I do like it. Uh, Bayram, I think we've got us right just doing what Galatas right do, aren't they? Um, they're well known that they, they like to sell, sell extremely high and buy for pittance. <laughs> they, they plead like um, poverty when it comes to buying your players, and then when they try and sell one, they, they want the earth for him. Um, the fact they've put him in their Champions League squad, that wouldn't surprise me if that was just mind games from them. Yeah. Like, you know, we are happy to have him in our Champions League because it, it's only for the qualifier anyway, so it's not he can easily be changed out if, if he was to leave the club or even if even if he uh, even if they got through to the next round, you know, they could take him out of that and put somebody else in at this stage. I like I say I just think it's a bit of mind games as to say, well, you know, we, we still we, we are desperate to sell him to you. It's that kind of I think that's what they're trying to pull. Um Hopefully it gets done because I like the look of him. To be honest, I, mean, I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but uh, just just like the, the look of him. I remember saying like I watched that YouTube video and was like, "This this just taught me he can pass the ball sideways." Um, <laughs> it was like really uh, sort of you know they had to really dig deep to get any kind of footage of him. Uh, but there's just something about him that excites me. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, final comments if you want. Then Dan, I've got a few uh, to to run through. Um, a very quick fire then. So Matt, Matt uh, says, "Is more going to Cardiff?" So has that has that been confirmed now by Cardiff? Has it done? Uh, pretty much yet tonight. They've said he's had. Uh, I think he's. It's either he's having his medical or he's done his medical, and it's sort of home. I think they could. They said it homecoming two point I think is what they said. Okay. Okay. Well, that's okay. Unfortunately, I think he would have been worth a shout whether we're ever in for him or whether that's just you know a bit of media work you'll never know uh, Connor says we're going off so say, we're going sorry, did, it, did it also say that there was two other championship clubs along loan that he turned down to go to Cardiff yeah well you know we'd be above Cardiff wouldn't you in the, in the pecking order but he's got like, like history there though aren't he so yeah it's only a loan deal and, uh, and they are pretty much in the mire maybe it's like a he could go there and be the sort of cult hero who keeps them up kind of thing. Yeah, fine. And then uh, I think pretty much the last one, I think. We've still got them coming in, but we can't do this forever. So uh, it says we, we, we could get five to eight million for Tymon and Brown combined. Um, so five to eight million, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. I don't think we'd sell either of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Tom Ed- oh, God. Tom Edwards, uh, last one just come in. So Tom Edwards, all uh, but forgotten about now, guys. Are we writing him off? Not writing him off. He's just he's just got a, a lot to prove. I mean, I, I, we both, I mean, if, if you listen to the main podcast, you know, we, we both are, you know, not fans, but we're supportive of Tom Edwards. Um, I think in the, the couple of friendly games he's had, he's looked way off the pace and he's not looked great. So, I'm not ruling him out. He was dodgy in that fullback spot uh, for us when he came here before. From all intents and purposes and all reports, he did better in America. I um, know he enjoyed America. Clearly, that, that hasn't panned out as a permanent deal. But I don't know. I'm not ruling it out. I just think if we get you know this guy from Colchester, we've got obviously Henry. Um, I think his days are going to be numbered personally, but... Who knows? Yeah, unless he reinvents himself and becomes Ben Pearson's understudy and learns exactly. the Ben Pearson way, it's defensive mid or something. Uh, but yeah, for, like I said, I'd rather love nothing more than Tom Edwards to come and rip it up in pre-season at right back. But I think 
the Neil's comments, you know, people on the sort of, you know, the last, we talked about him earlier on, didn't we? The pro Derby comments. Oh, you know, people on the last chance, people disappointed, not taking opportunities. I feel he was probably one of the people that was directed at. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Sounds. Shall we? Uh, shall we call it a night? I mean, if anyone obviously isn't um, generally always listening to the podcast, just as a reminder, uh, it's out every single Friday. Uh, so if you want to listen to the podcast, we'll be having a bit of a, a busy week next week, won't we, Dan? I think that's generally the plan uh, in the build up to the full season. Yes, when when optimism and an intrigue and excitement is at full fever pitch, uh, we may, may, don't hold us to this because it could go horribly wrong, <laughs> have a podcast every day next week in the lead up to the season. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, well, lovely. Yeah, I appreciate everyone joining. Thanks very much. Always great engagement. Um, the one thing that, you know, our podcast are great we love them but you know it's very difficult to get everyone live and and speaking so thanks to everyone who's, who's joined in as well and uh yeah don't forget obviously every time you know we when something big happens you know big signing or whatever you know, we'll, we'll try and jump on something like this um so yeah you may hear you may have another one of these to attend in, the, in a couple of days time hopefully when we get another big signing through the door <laughs> another six <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, night, everyone. Have a good, good one. night. Cheers, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.